Welcome to Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson, and as always, thanks for tuning in. A little later in the program, we're going to talk to Antonia Gonzalez, who is the host of National Native News. We're going to talk to her about the idea of substituting food boxes for food stamps, which has come out recently from the Trump administration. Native peoples in this country are folks who know a lot about those food boxes. That is the way they have received food assistance for a very long time. And they have a lot to say about what that looks like, how healthy people are when they rely on these boxes. It is not the panacea that the Trump administration is talking about. So you're going to want to stay tuned to hear about that. We'll also talk to the folks behind a website that keeps pretty close track of everything that HUD Secretary Ben Carson does. He's been in the news lately for some pretty pricey furniture that got bought for his office. These folks were all over it, and they can tell you about all the other things that the HUD Secretary is up to. So you'll want to stay tuned for that as well. But up first, it's been five months since Hurricane Maria made landfall in Puerto Rico. Still, to this day, hundreds of thousands of Puerto Ricans are still in the dark. The hurricane devastated the island's aging power infrastructure, and it knocked out power to most homes. Although a lot of progress has been made, some estimates say the power grid on the island is not going to be fully restored until late May. And that would be eight months after Maria made landfall there. Many utilities in the U.S. have been sending line workers to help with the efforts, including DTE Energy right here in Detroit. DTE crews have been in Puerto Rico for the past month. On Friday, 80 workers came home, and another crew of 80 workers left Michigan to go help out in Puerto Rico in what DTE calls a changing of the guard to help restore power. Two of the linemen who've been in Puerto Rico join us now to talk about the conditions there and the efforts to get the power back on, what they saw when they were on the island, and how much work is left to be done. I want to welcome Sylvan Casingway. He is a DTE Energy General Supervisor who just returned from Puerto Rico. Also with us is Jamie Shaw, who is a union representative for IBEW and a lineman for DTE. Sylvan and Jamie, welcome to Detroit Today. Thank you, Steve. Thank you. Yeah. So just just the idea that they've gone this long without power um, uh, in Puerto Rico, I think it blows my mind what the conditions there must be like. But I'm always uh, very curious for people who've been there and seen it up up close to talk about what it what it's what it's like five months after this happened uh, that that people just don't have any power. Yeah, no, it's very uh, it's very difficult to explain. I think we've all seen pictures of uh, different hurricanes that we've had here on the coastal U.S. Uh, this is exactly the same. I mean, as far as the way it looked. Uh, the devastation, the catastrophic storm, the way it hit, um, having utility poles uh, laying around everywhere, and the amount of damage um, is, is very unique uh, to see that after, like you said, five months after the storm actually hit. Mm-hmm. That there's still that much damage. That there's still that much damage, yeah. yes. Yeah. What, what, do, what do people's lives sort of look like uh, five months into this, Jamie? I mean, uh, can you describe what the conditions there are like? I think that many of us that uh, were doing work on the island were pretty surprised at, I think, the spirit of the people that were on the island. Um, You know, we kind of had a lot of conversation about um, how people would react here 
back home if they didn't have power for five months. And it was just a, a, an eye-opener to see all of these individuals to be without power and still be able to have a smile on their face. And uh, they just treated us wonderful while we were there. Uh, there was many times where we had to have individuals couldn't get to their home because the streets were so narrow we had to block them off and no honking horns you know when we finally get to come through they did thank us for being there so (laughs) it 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 wasn't the reaction that I was expecting to come into when we got there so yeah um uh talk about how each of you came to be part of this effort in in Puerto Rico is that something that you volunteer for is it something that you're chosen for uh talk about sort of how that happened it's a little bit of both. Um, uh, in my position, I was chosen uh, from senior management to be the incident commander, um, where I went down there for about a week before myself and a team of four others to kind of assess the damage and uh, prepare the other 60 folks that will be coming down. So it's a little bit of each, uh, uh, chosen and yet you're asked if you're interested in going. So. Yeah. On, on my behalf, it was more volunteerism. Yeah, yeah. What about you, Jamie? Yeah, same thing as, uh, you know, everybody, for the most part, that was asked to go did have a choice. And quite honestly, a lot of the linemen that went down and the support staff that went down, we had an a, overabundant amount of people that wanted to uh, help with this effort. So it wasn't hard finding people. But, uh, again, I had a choice, and it was something that I really wanted to do uh, like everybody else, to just be part of this, uh, you know, restoration and helping the people of Puerto Rico. Yeah. Uh, give us an idea of how bad the damage is to the grid there and the infrastructure. Uh, I, I mean, like you said, we have uh, issues here often in Detroit with, with uh, and in southeast Michigan with storms that, that knock out part of the electrical grid and, and uh, on the east coast here and uh, in the United States. Or in the in the mainland, uh, the United States, uh, there are hur- there are hurricanes that knock out large parts of the grid. I'm I'm wondering, and I'm sure that you guys have seen that uh, before. I'm wondering how this compares. What uh, the area we were in? It's a region called the Carolina region. Uh, we worked in a couple little towns. One's called Fajardo, and one's Seba. Um, so I can speak on behalf of those areas that mm-hmm. we were actually in. Uh-huh. Uh, they were hit. Uh, like I said earlier, as bad as we've ever seen here or in different hurricanes, uh, the poles uh, were cement poles, there were steel poles and wooden poles. Most of them were uprooted. Uh, this, the the uh, wooden poles were pretty much broken in half. Uh, it looked like this, uh, this damage, you can definitely tell it occurred five months ago. The foliage grows so fast that everything laying on the ground was totally covered in weeds and ivy. Wow. Um, the majority of the area in the Carolina region is still uh, under um, uh, generator power at this time. So we did we were able to put up a lot of poles and uh, reinstall a ton of wire to get the majority of the people back on in the area that we were at. Yeah, and and is it just about you know going pole by pole? Uh, wire by wire to get it back uh, going, or is there? I mean, is it more complicated than that? I, I think it really was just going pole to pole and putting the wire back up. I mean, obviously, it gets a little more complicated because we're energizing, um, and that gets a little more uh, complicated as the work that we did. But I think when we showed up to the first job and you just looked down 
was what nine miles i think that yeah. first lead was and it was just pole after pole laying on the ground they were just gone yeah, yeah and just wire so we you know went to start just straightening poles and and getting the poles back in the ground and, and getting wire in the air so that uh, we could get those people's power back on yeah we brought a support staff with us uh, some some from our service planning department mm-hmm. so those folks actually went ahead of the linemen and uh, kind of identified the work that needed to be done so that kept the linemen and kept everybody else concentrating more at the task at hand. So these service planners uh, and other support folks went ahead. They kind of made a list of all the damaged and all the broken poles, brought that back to the individuals doing the work, brought it back to our logistics team where they ordered the material. And so things kind of worked very, very sequential. We used, we, uh, used a lot of our uh, same processes that we use here to restore in Puerto Rico, because mm-hmm. that's the only one we know. So it, it worked. It worked great for us. Yeah. Uh, this is Detroit Today on 101.9 WDET. I'm Stephen Henderson. My guests are Sylvan Castingway. He is uh, the DTE Energy Super General Supervisor who just returned from Puerto Rico, where DTE linemen have been working to help restore power after Hurricane Maria. Also with us is Jamie Shaw. He's a union representative for IBEW and a lineman for DTE, we're talking about the effort to get the power back on in uh, Puerto Rico five months after Hurricane Maria. Those efforts uh, apparently will not be able to fully restore the power until maybe May of this year, which would be eight months after the hurricane. The devastation there, obviously, uh, quite extensive. If you want to join the conversation, talk about the efforts to get Puerto Rico back on the grid, talk about relief efforts. Uh, on the island, uh, give us a call. 313-577-1019 is the number on the phones. That's 313-577-1019. You can also go to the WDET Facebook page, put your comments there. If you go to Twitter, you can hashtag Detroit Today, and uh, we'll work you into the conversation. Um, how much work uh, do you figure is left to be done on the island at this point? Uh, how, how close are they? In the area that we're at, uh we're going in two different waves. That's the structure that we're currently working. Mm-hmm. Uh, each wave consists of 30 days. Um, the work that I've seen in the Carolina region, uh, I think we may have uh, over half of it complete. That's just a small part uh, of the island. Of the island, a sure. A very small part. It's probably a, about 20 by 20 square mile area. Uh, with that being said, our second wave uh, will hopefully complete that. And we're also doing some work on Vieques which is an island just offshore uh-huh. of Puerto Rico that was also hit pretty hard. So with Wave 2, if they complete that, um, uh, part of their folks will be completing that work. Uh, the other half will be working on the mainland in Puerto Rico. Um, we're pretty positive that we should complete that by the end of Wave 2, so it'll be towards the uh, end of March. Yeah. Uh, and when you're done, do you feel like uh, all the people there will have power again? I mean, it'll go back to the way it was before? Well, that's hard to say because we were just working in a small region, so we're not really sure what a lot of the other regions were doing and where they were at with their power restoration. But uh, at least the area that we were working in and the circuits that we got, uh, Wave 1 had restored all of the circuits that they got, and uh, we were working on getting some more over there, which Wave 2 is working on. So like Sly had said, I think we're pretty confident that we'll at least achieve the work that was given to us uh, in that Fajardo area and also on the island. So Yeah, yeah. I, I think at the end of the day, um, to maybe better answer your question, there's not a total a 100% satisfaction 
from both myself and Jamie and everybody else who went down there until we know for sure that everybody has been restored. Because that's kind of how we do it here. Even though we have different regions that we work under here, but um, we're not totally happy until the very last customer is on. So I think we all feel the same way. Yeah. Uh, Let's go to Robert in Warren. Robert, welcome to Detroit Today. Hey, good morning, everybody. Uh And um, first thing I got to say is I'm a transplant from Kentucky. So in case you wonder why I talk funny. Uh, (laughs) Anyway, I've been to Puerto Rico a couple of times on vacations. I think it's just a wonderful place, hidden gem. Uh, So easy to get in and out of without passports and customs and all that. Um, So I was really just devastated to hear hear about all the destruction, the loss of power, and and all the lives that have been impacted and the loss of the economy. Um, I was just wondering if if these guys uh, from DTE Energy, have they been involved or uh, has anything been done to make uh, the system more hurricane resilient? You know, because, I mean, they're in the place where they're going to get storms again. And is it just going to be the same result? Uh, or have you guys done some things to uh, and been involved in some things to make it more um, hurricane uh, resi- resilient huh. uh, the next time a storm blows through there? Uh, Robert, that's a, that's a great question. And uh, I don't think you talk funny because I lived in Kentucky for two huh. years. So <laughs> I am a big fan of, uh, of the Bluegrass State. But I appreciate your listening and, and, and calling with a, with a great question. Uh, you know, that also raises the, the, the question of whether it's possible to build an electric grid that's resistant to this kind of storm. This is a huge storm, powerful storm. Uh, are there things that you're doing uh, as you put the grid back together that would prevent it from being destroyed to this extent? Yeah, our, our task right now was pretty much to restore and put people back in lights. It is a great question. Um, we were very, very surprised, and uh, Jamie will attest to this too, uh, to see uh, the hardening, uh, which means the uh, the strength of the cement poles they have. Their infrastructure is is very, very strong and very durable. However, just couldn't sustain the winds that came through. Uh, I think they were 155 uh, miles per hour is what was recorded. But a lot of folks in our region, we were in the uh, southeast portion. I'm sorry, the northeast portion of the island, that's where the hurricane first started. Mm -hmm. And uh, we were told from residents that there were over 200-mile-an-hour winds recorded. Wow. Um, But our job was pretty much to to repair everything, to get the lights turned back on. Then they're going to go back secondary-wise and reanalyze and look at the system to see what they would need to do to make it stronger. But uh, the conductor size was as big as conductors we use here in the metro area and uh, Oakland County. Uh, so it was already built pretty good. Like I said, it surprised me pretty good. You think the same, James? Yeah. yeah, I do. I mean, they had concrete poles, steel poles. Uh, so their system was was definitely designed for hurricanes and stuff. But as Sly said, this was just a, a huge hurricane with high winds that uh, just couldn't withstand. The system couldn't withstand. And and uh, the the concrete poles, which is which, I mean, that sounds pretty sturdy. They were destroyed as easily as the the metal or the wood poles. Uh, um, not not so much. We saw some uh, concrete poles that were actually broken half, but the majority of the the way that the the wind gusts came, it it lifted the poles out of the ground. So about eighty percent of the concrete poles that were uh, they were pretty much lifted out of their current wow. holes and laying on the ground. Wow. And were they set shallow? It's it's hard it's hard to say. But uh, they were pretty much laid down. Very few were broken in half. Um, but, but it did happen. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. that gave us the ability to lift a lot of those poles and reuse all the poles that were still there. So 
you know, it was uh, uh, a little easier task than having to get poles there and replace all of them. Sure, so sure. They are all back up in the air with the wire on them, so good okay. task. Well, congratulations on the, the work, and congratulations to DTE for being part of uh, the relief effort there. It's really important, uh, and I'm sure the people of Puerto Rico are quite grateful, and thanks for being here on Detroit Today. Thank hey, you thanks, very much, Steve. Steve. Up next, we're going to talk about Ben Carson's desire for expensive furniture in his office while a public service at the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development. And don't forget, if you miss any of today's conversation, you don't have to miss out. You can go to iTunes or wherever you download podcasts, download and subscribe to Detroit Today. Take us with you and listen when you are ready. We'll be right back on Detroit Today. Detroit Today.